0: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports.
1: Brought to you by com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear.
2: I'm your host, Tommy Ash. I'm joined by Greg Barnes of Inside Carolina. You're listening to the JohnnyTShirt.com Inside Carolina podcast. Going to talk a little baseball. Greg, last week, uh, we did this baseball podcast in a preview of the regional in Chapel Hill. Carolina, of course, swept through that regional three zero. doing this podcast as a stare down Auburn. Auburn Tigers coming out of the Georgia Tech regional faced the Tar Heels this weekend in Boschheimer. But, Greg, let's look back a little bit. Um, before the regional, we talked about certain players and we talked about um, certain trends that Carolina had going on. And one guy that we talked about was Austin Bergner. And he had struggled, especially in his last couple starts, before uh, getting into the regional. Greg, he was fantastic and probably uh, the difference maker in that regional for Carolina. Just a a completely dominant bounce-back performance by him.
0: Yeah, and I think the fact that Tennessee's starter – uh, Lingenfelter had had such a, a bad first inning uh, that allowed Bergner to take the mound, you know, with a, with a four zero lead. And as we saw, that Tennessee bullpen's really good, and they they really did a good job kind of limiting what North Carolina could do at the plate. Um, but with with Bergner you know, having that lead, I think he was able to kind of settle in. It was a little shaky early, but once he kind of found his groove, he was rolling and. That's critical because you know, North Carolina, as I said, really kind of struggled to, to find offense after that first inning. But because he was in, he was in such a, a rhythm, it really didn't matter. And whenever you're down that kind of score early, you kind of press a little bit and you're, you're trying to you know, manufacture something. Uh, that's that's what the Volunteers were, were trying to do, without any success. And I think it speaks volumes. We knew Tyler Baum was going to go in the first game. UNCW is a good team, as we saw in that ball game, a very competitive game. Uh, and so you're sitting there thinking, okay, well, Baum's going to go one. Who goes against you're the winner of the 2-3 game on Saturday? And what we saw was it was a staff day, right? Will Sandy got the start, but uh, as we saw in the ACC tournament, they basically put him out there and, and let him go through the rotation once. And once you get through the lineup one time, they kind of pick up on what kind of pitches you're throwing, but that's all they wanted out of him anyway. And then they were able to get to that bullpen. Uh, And so to me, that kind of speaks volumes about where the strength of this pitching unit is. And we knew how good this bullpen was anyway. Um, But also kind of says, Hey, maybe Bergner's not the, you know, the, the number two that he once was, or that they hoped he would be this time of year, because as you said, he had struggled. Now, he had made it out of the fourth inning in three of his last four starts, although he was fantastic up in, in Pittsburgh. Um, but for him to come in and settle in and, and throw the way that he did, obviously it was big for North Carolina to, to wrap up the regional, but I think it really solidified this pitching staff moving forward in the postseason. It had to given him a lot of confidence. Uh, and And when you pair the fact that you've got Baum who's steady, and maybe if Bergner can build on this, that gives you, you know, two really good pitchers. When you throw in that those bullpen guys, all of a sudden, this is a very good pitching staff. Um, and so I think it was a very big weekend, very big performance on Sunday for for Austin Bergner. And uh, as I said, that that bodes well for this team moving forward.
2: You mentioned the bullpen, and I'd be remiss if I didn't tell our listeners, if you hadn't read Greg Barnes' article on Inside Carolina about pitching and defense, we'll certainly get to the defense here in a minute, Um, a great read on Carolina's performance last weekend. But you mentioned that bullpen, and Lance gets a lot of the the press. Maybe he's the guy that a lot of people recognize the most, but Hanson Butler also has been fantastic at times. A a lot of people have – criticized uh, rightly or wrongly, whatever they do about Mike Fox's use of his bullpen. But you mentioned the staff day uh, in the regional. And I thought that that was just a, you know, a fantastic way to, you know, maybe that helped get Bergner's mind, right? Bergner could come out without that stress of being, in that type of situation, your thoughts there and your thoughts on the bullpen as a whole, you mentioned them as being very good, and they have been. Um, it, it makes things a lot easier for a starting pitcher when they know uh, that they've got guys behind them that are going to hold the rope when they go out.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of a, a key component. What what Fox has done of late, especially, um, but, you know, he's thrown Balm as a starter on Friday and he uses Lancelotti on Fridays as well with the idea being that you, you use him on Friday, then you can use him again on Sunday. You, you can extend him a little bit. He can throw a lot of pitches. Um, and so with that, that middle day, it frees you up to, to have other guys. But what we've seen here of late is that Hanson Butler's really come on strong, and he's really looked good the last month or so of the season, even longer than that. And then probably most impressive to me has been Austin Love. I mean, he, he was really good in the ACC tournament. Uh, he, he's been good, you know, really ever since. And that's what we saw on, on Saturday. You know, Sandy goes two and a third, which is exactly what they were looking to get out of him. Butler comes in, navigates some trouble, and then Love comes in, and he, he's a big guy. Uh, he, he's got a, a great skill set there. And he's able to turn out three innings. And that, that's the interesting thing to me, Tommy, about that game on Saturday. Did you look at the final score and say, wow, 16-1. to That was a tough game first five innings. I mean, that was a game you're watching, you're saying, how in the world does North Carolina have a 2-0 lead in this game? Because it seemed like every single inning, Liberty was able to get somebody on base. But yet, the pitchers did a great job. And, and I know you said we'll get to defense in a minute, but the defense behind the pitchers did a really good job. And it allowed the, the pitchers to kind of get out of trouble time and time and time again. And then once the, the bats start clicking, you know, it, it explodes and it becomes a blowout in a matter of you know, two or three innings. Um, but that game could have gone completely different. You know, that, was, that was a very uh, well-pitched uh, game the first five innings. I mean, it was a good well-pitched game the whole game. But I mean, in terms of there being a lot of stress involved, first five innings were, were really good. And it was. I and mean, it was very much a staff day. And so when you're not even having to use Lancelotti in that setting, and you can rely on guys like, like Butler and, and Austin Love to come in, and Butler's been extended a little bit more than he typically has been. You know, he's, he's a guy that's going to throw 25, 30 pitches. But Love, you know, we've seen him get up to you know, 60 or so, but he's pretty steady in the, in the 40s to 50s is what he can go, kind of in the middle relief. And he's a guy I thought maybe would get the start. Um, but to have three key guys out of the bullpen like that, and, and Butler, Love, and Lancelotti, that really frees up the coaching staff to to be able to get creative with how they, they manage these games, uh, and I think this weekend's a good example. Of the fact that you know, Bergner was able to go, what, seven innings on Sunday, and then you're sitting there saying, well, we've got all these guys, but we know Lancelotti's fresh because he didn't have to pitch on Saturday. Uh, that that's that's the ideal situation for how you want these these rotations to play out
2: indeed it was and you mentioned you know liberty had chances and they couldn't break through and then the dam broke and and that was that Um, just an interesting way how those games were approached all weekend by mike fox and his staff and then having guys step up and then bergner steps up against tennessee who tennessee i thought was a was a Really, really good baseball team. And and like you mentioned, uh, their starter had a bad inning. And then their bullpen really lit it up and looked solid. I want to talk about defense first. Let me talk about com. I mentioned them to start the podcast. They are our podcast sponsor. And, guys, if you're in Chapel Hill for the regional or super regional this weekend, you need to get by Franklin Street and go check out Johnny T-Shirt. Of course, they're going to have all your different Carolina gear, Ton of baseball gear, ton of of uh, gear for the start of the football season. Uh, the real Carolina shirts are going to be really popular come South Carolina game in uh, the start of the season in the fall. shirt dot com, of course, online. If you can't make it to Chapel Hill, Inside Carolina subscribers get ten percent off their order, either place, in store or online. Locally owned, alumni operated, and the best customer service in the business, johnnytshirt.com and Johnny shirt on Franklin Street. Stop by and see them. Say hello. Tell them you're subscribed to Inside Carolina. They'll help you out. They're going to help you out anyway. Great folks to deal with. Great place to get your Carolina gear. Greg, looking towards uh, the Super Regional, uh, if Carolina plays defense like they were able to put it together last weekend, I think the Heels stand a very good chance. What concerned me all season, and there were some episodes, is the play of the infield, specifically second base. I thought that um, overall the regional performance by the defense and the pitching but by the defense was really, really important if Carolina is going to have any chance to advance um, after this weekend.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think the UNCW game kind of gave you a a clear – reason for why north carolina struggled some this year i mean the two late inning errors really put north carolina kind of behind the ball um you know the the air there in the ninth really kind of set up uncw uh to be in position to, to take the lead before aaron sabato got involved and, and north carolina closed that one out and so you watch that and you're saying oh they they you know, they, they hit pretty well this game they had some good pitching but just a few key plays that if they had made, this game would have been over. You can kind of see how they lost some games this year. Uh, but then, you, as we talked about, the first five innings against Liberty, I mean, Liberty was hitting the ball hard. Uh, but you, when, you, when you have three double plays in the first four innings and then you have that Dylan Harris track down catch there and deep left center, you know, Mike Fox said after the game, that was probably the play of the game. I mean, those those are four very good defensive plays, and if you don't have, you know, two of those, then maybe Liberty's got a lead, and maybe maybe you know, things change dramatically. Um, and then, of course, North Carolina was was just good across the board against Tennessee. Uh, they took advantage of a, you know the pitcher kind of uh, flaking out a little bit there in the first inning, and after that was pretty much done because you know if North Carolina pitched well and they played good defense behind the pitchers it was going to be tough for Tennessee to came back, come back, and, and that's what we saw. And we saw that some in the ACC tournament as well. I mean, you, uh, you had some issues, I guess, against Virginia, um, but we were able to, to, get, to get that done, and then they, they were clean uh, most of the, the rest of the way. And that's that's the key with this team. Um, we know they can hit, and now you've got guys like Ike Freeman who had been in somewhat of a slump late in the year, and now he's hitting. Uh, you know, Michael Bush is kind of back you're turning know, out runs like like he can you got Sabato so you you've got multiple guys that can hit so you're going to have score op- scoring opportunities but now you've got the pitching seems to be building those guys confidence and then you pair that with this this improved defense all of a sudden you become a very tough team to beat but all those things have to work together because I'm telling you There are some really good teams left in this tournament. Uh, Mississippi State is a really good team. I know some of the uh, D1 baseball guys, uh, they do a really good job breaking stuff down. A couple of them said that they really thought Mississippi State probably should have been the number three national seed, uh, and Georgia Tech probably should have been the number six national seed. Uh, But then you've got Vandy also uh, on, on North Carolina's side of the College World Series bracket. And those are very good, very complete teams. Uh, up and down the the lineups. And so for North Carolina to be able to compete with those teams, they've got to play like they did Saturday and Sunday. And and that's going to be a key. Auburn's a a good team. They're they're not at the level of a Vandy or Mississippi State, uh, but they're a very good team. And if North Carolina slips up and allows the Tigers to take advantage of some miscues, that could pose some problems. But if they keep playing like they're playing now, uh, obviously that that's trending in the right direction and uh, that that's kind of how you want to be. And that, that gets back to, you know, how does Mike Fox build his teams and what he's done forever, great pitching, good defense, and then find some hits. The hits have been easy. That's been the easy part this year. Uh, the other two have not been, they've been more inconsistent, but uh, finding the consistency at the right time.
2: Let's take a short break. Come back, dig into Auburn, North Carolina, super regional in Chapel Hill.
1: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: Greg, you mentioned uh, Michael Bush in your last answer, and he, of course, drafted in the first round of the Major League Baseball draft, and everybody talks about his hitting. He's fantastic in that regard, but that defensive play, and you referenced in your article, that snag he made in the ninth inning Uh, just sort of typified what type of player and how clutch he's been for North Carolina and continues to be and likely will still be this weekend, especially if North Carolina advances.
0: Yeah, if he doesn't make that play, you at a minimum, you've got the tie run on first base. And probably more than likely, uh, you've got at least one run to score. And so... Uh, yeah, it was a great play, and I think the fact that he's a guy that can play first base, he can play in the outfield, he's willing to do whatever. Uh, but I like the fact that Mike Fox you know, put him in the leadoff spot. He's a guy that you want to get him as many hitting opportunities as possible. Um, he's he's this guy, good good feel. He, he talked in the ACC tournament after some of those games that he was really seeing the ball well, uh, and he was kind of looking for some of those balls up in the zone to kind of try to drive out. That's the thing about the ACC tournament. I know he had, I guess, what, three home runs? But he had two or three to the warning track where he just missed. Um, And so uh, I think when you've got a bat like that, it reminds me a lot of of Dustin Ackley and what Ackley did back, I guess it was in 09, when he really kind of carried that team. Um, And it allows guys to not feel – Pressured, you know, when they get up to, to bat, when you know you've got a guy like that. And of course, you know, Sabato has been fantastic as well. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, you guys like Freeman coming along and uh, McGee's swinging the bat a little bit better. Dallas uh, Tesser is doing pretty good. I mean, he's, he's had a good two weeks. So uh, they're finding some guys, but it, but it all starts with, with Bush. And um, I think when you see him coming up uh, on, on the lineup, you, you're thinking, man, we, we've got to make sure that we don't allow the guys you know, in the eight and nine holes to get on base. we got to make sure we, we get those guys out because the last thing you want to do is to put somebody on base and, and have Bush and Sabato there with opportunities. Um, and so I, I think you got to have at least one key guy like that to be able to spur an offense, uh, and he, he's certainly that. And there's, there, there's a reason he's a first-round draft pick. There's a reason you know he's a first-team USC guy. And there's a reason he was – ACC Tournament MVP.
2: Indeed, Michael Bush certainly uh, has earned the accolades he's gotten. And and like we mentioned, if he plays uh, like he's capable of playing, especially at the top of that order, he he is trouble for opponents and makes North Carolina just uh, exponentially better when Bush is on his A game. And you mentioned Dallas Tesser. I mean, it's just funny to me, Greg, how guys step up. You know they they might not do anything all year, relatively not do anything all year, but come postseason, ACC tournament play, regional play, super and on. It's always a team that has somebody that you did not expect. Now your your top end guys, Bush, Sabato, you expect them to do it, but if Carolina can get uh, production out of guys like Tesser and others like him, it makes them just you know, not a one- or two-man show. And we've seen that one- or two-man shows in college baseball, except for back in the day when they were hitting home runs in parking lot down in Omaha all the time, it just does not fly. Uh, speak to those type players for North Carolina and how they've really improved the Tar Heels stock.
0: Well, for sure. And I think the fact that you've got you've got some good power up and down the lineup. I mean, you know, Danny Ceretti is a kid who – uh, I think he gets overlooked because of the big names there, and he's he's sitting in the and been hitting in three spot this this weekend, uh, but he's been solid as well, and he does a good job getting on base. And then of course, you've got veterans and Freeman and McGee behind him. Uh, Dylan Harris, of course, had a big home run this weekend. He's he's solid. Uh, B. March, the guy's got some power. Uh, he popped up the one he hit against Liberty was probably the longest any of those guys hit. And I know McGee and uh, Bush, they both put their home runs in the you know, the um, I guess the field, field hockey stadium over there. So they were just bombing away. But a lot of those guys are veterans, and uh, you know, even and even Dallas, you know, he's a kid that's a, a junior, so I mean, he he's got experience at the college level. Um, and then when you've got guys like Caleb Roberts and uh, some uh, you know, and Sabata who haven't you know, been through this before. They've got guys to lean on, and I think that's one of the things that you know, Mike Fox is able to to switch things up in this lineup, and he's comfortable doing it, and he's able to to pinch hit guys. You know, Enwiler is a guy that will start some, and uh, they'll swap him out for for Roberts, and you've got a lot of you know, different options there. And so, while there have been stretches of time this season for sure where it's only been Bush and Sabato, and guys have struggled in other areas. Uh, you know, typically, when you have a guy like Tesser who can come in and and hit the way he has to your point, that sparks the offense and then you 've got a guy like Freeman who had struggled for a long time well now he 's hitting better uh, and mcgee 's been that way and you know, beammar's giving you a little bit, and Roberts has shown that you know, he can he can take some opportunities when he gets given the chance, and so it doesn 't take many hits to get guys on base and move them around to set the table for. For Bush and for Sabato, and even Freeman has done a good job taking advantage of those opportunities with with runners and scoring positions of late.
2: So when I was uh, researching Auburn a little bit, getting ready for this podcast, and just checking them out, I've always kind of liked Auburn for some reason. Don't don't exactly know why, but uh, Stephen Williams Rollins, player of the week for his performance uh, last weekend down in Atlanta. Uh, this is one of those matchups. Um, It's ACC-SEC, of course, they've littered the college uh, World Series bracket or or the college tournament bracket. But, um, you know, we talked a little bit about this off the air. A lot of folks thought maybe they'd rather go to Atlanta to play Georgia Tech than face Auburn at home. And, and Greg, uh, I say you always want to play at home. And then I look at Auburn's record on the road, which is – Uh, 12-12, and and then I look at Carolina's record at home. I mean, this sets up as good as it could for North Carolina, despite Auburn uh, bringing in a a tough baseball team into Chapel Hill this weekend.
0: Yeah, I I think so, and I get the sentiment with Georgia Tech just because Danny Hall has a track record of struggling this time of year, and no greater example than what happened Saturday night uh, in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, the, the fact that Connor Thomas is pitching the game that he's pitching, and you extend him that much to get a complete game out of him when you don't need to get a complete game out of him. I mean You've got a guy like Tristan English, who's a who's a I'm gonna say elite closer, but he's he's a very good closer, a uh, reliever type guy. Just put him in the game, get get the final three outs, and get out of there. Uh, but he overcoaches and he leaves Thomas in there and. Thomas throws an O two pitch that that Williams is able to knock over the fence, and Georgia Tech's hopes of of getting the College World Series is dashed once again. Um, and Auburn's, yeah, I understand. You know, people say, "Well, Auburn's hot coming in." Well, they played a good regional. I don't know that I would say they're hot. I mean, this is a Auburn team that lost three of the last four SEC series. They only won four SEC series all season long. Um, Kind of like what we talked about with Tennessee. How how good is Auburn? Because they have the number one strength of schedule in the country because they play in the SEC. We know that. But I mean, this is a team that's thirty six and twenty five. None of their stats really jump out at you. Now they've been they were competitive in the SEC. They were fourteen and sixteen. But as I said, you know they lost six conference series. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. I think I you if I would have to pick, even if you have Auburn or Georgia Tech in Chapel Hill, it's going to be Auburn. Um, now that's not to diminish what they've done; they've had a good year. And this, you, I kind of equate them to Tennessee, even though they did sweep Tennessee this year. But that kind of ball club, so not great, but very good, and a team that clearly can beat North Carolina if North Carolina doesn't bring their their A game. Um, but you. Auburn doesn't have the bats that Georgia Tech had. You know, Georgia Tech's offense is, it was just phenomenal. And they had some pretty good pitching. Um, so I think North Carolina dodged a bullet not having to go to Atlanta. But that doesn't mean this weekend's going to be easy by any stretch.
2: Yeah, don't go bringing facts to the arguments. Uh, you know, I, I've heard all week about how, oh, Auburn's tough, Auburn's tough. I'm looking at their stats. They've got exactly uh, no guys batting over 300 and that's not to say somebody doesn't go nuts like steve williams did right. in the regional but uh yeah if carolina pitches the way they should how do you think or and it doesn't even matter to you um the way they've got these games set up being saturday sunday and possibly monday and then in the middle of the day i you know i especially this time of year with weather i i don't necessarily mind uh, noon baseball games and I think that works out good for Carolina. But your thoughts on just the schedule of the whole thing?
1: You know,
0: I know they set it up. They try to set it up for, for next week and for TV and all these kind of things. Um, I don't know. I think the fact that both of these teams finished up on Sunday, they would have been ready to go Friday just in terms of their pitching staff. So I think everybody's going to be well-rested. I don't think either of these teams gains an advantage. I think the bigger issue is going to be you know, whoever wins – if they have to go three games and they have to play on Monday, you know how does that affect them moving to Omaha? I would assume it's not because you're talking about five games still. But I would say that's probably the bigger issue. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, last year the games were early. I don't think it was that big of a deal. Uh, but it is a little bit odd it being you know, Saturday, Sunday, and potentially Monday, especially with the game times being as early. But they're supposed to be – typically this time of year, as we saw last weekend – you're going to have storms this time of year in the evenings, late afternoon, evening. Uh, but this weekend is one of those weekends where it's supposed to rain potentially all day, every day. There's a potential of, of storms all day, every day throughout the weekend. And so it's not your typical summer summer storms where you may see it in the afternoon. It's, it's supposed to be all day. So at least the guys will be ready to go early. And if they can get innings in, they can. And that way we're we're not there until midnight. That would be nice. Uh, but in terms of the you know, the players, I don't think the players care. They just roll the ball out there and, and, and play and get it done as quick as they can.
2: Yeah, and I, I will say that when you're uh, near home or at your home in potential rain delays, it's always better to be you know, at your home stadium than doing whatever the opponents are forced to do if, if there's bad rain delays. Um, and judging from the weather forecast, there potentially could be. And like you mentioned, it is good that if they start early, they can get finished regardless of the rain. Uh, Greg, how do you see this series going? I mean, do you see the continuation of the bomb Bergner uh, rotation? Do you think they'll throw Bergner um, in game two? Do you think he keeps it um, like he did last weekend where bomb starts game one staff day, maybe game two, uh, you know, I guess it may depend on how they win if they win the first game or not. But your thoughts on how this thing shakes out, and we're back here talking about it next week.
0: Yeah, I think it's fascinating. Um I really do because you know, Baum, of course, is going to go Saturday. But is the guy that you start on Sunday is that entirely dependent on Saturday? Yeah, you know, that's why I wonder about this past weekend if bomb North Carolina are able to get the win on Friday. Does that make it easier to push Bergner back a day because you know that he's going to have an opportunity to pitch anyway? Or do you like how things have set up with Sandy being effective early and you can lean on guys like Butler and Love who have pitched so well of late to come in and shut things down if if things go awry? Or do you say, you know what, we're we're just going to try to get a slammed up, knock this out. Uh, we'll roll with, with Bergner on day two, regardless of how we do Friday, or regardless of how we do Saturday. So I think it's a great question. I would assume Bergner will go on day two, but um, you know, this is a unique setup for this pitching staff, and we'll have to see how it plays out. But I, I think at a minimum, you know, if North Carolina loses Saturday, you got to throw Bergner, and it's all hands on deck uh, from there on out. But if you're able to win Saturday, you've got a lot of flexibility, and that's kind of the test match uh, aspect of this.
2: Yep, that's why they pay the coaches the big bucks. That's why uh, Mike Fox has some pretty good success getting into Omaha. He knows how to handle them. Carolina Auburn in Chapel Hill, Saturday, Sunday, and potentially Monday, all around the lunchtime hour. So I think the Sunday game, did I hear correctly, Greg, the Sunday game's actually at 11.30 a.m., that's a brunch um, game, yeah. Yeah, brunch game. So maybe some mimosas in the parking lot. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be fun. Mimosas very, and bacon.
0: Very Chapel Hillish,
2: right? <laughs> yes, very Chapel Hillish. Benedict, uh,
0: egg Benedicts and some mimosas
2: yeah. would be good to go. So if you listen to the podcast and you see me coming, uh, I want a mimosa and some bacon. That'll be a, a fun time, <laughs> Greg. It's always fun to talk to you, Carolina Baseball, JohnnyTshirt dot Of course, our sponsor. Um, Greg, I know you're looking forward to it because if Carolina wins two ballgames this weekend, you've got a trip uh, to the Midwest or to the, to Hurricane or excuse me, Tornado Alley coming up on the horizon.
0: Man, I tell you, um, I've, I've stayed all around Omaha. I've stayed out West. I've stayed down towards Lincoln, which is kind of Southwest last, last year stayed uh, across the state line and in, in Iowa. but. It is incredible, and this is a complete tangent, but the storms they have out there are no joke <laughs> at four o'clock in the afternoon. The sky will turn black i've you know I've lived in North Carolina my entire life, the first time I saw that this is you know, I think eleven or thirteens when the tornado came through i've never seen anything like that in my life, and um that that's the scariest. Thing. <laughs> on the planet. Omaha is a great city. They do a tremendous job embracing that tournament. It's, it's a really neat thing. If you're a diehard baseball person, uh, I, I recommend you going to the College World Series. It, it's a blast. They do a really good job with it, but just watch out for those storms because it, it's, it's scary stuff.
2: Yeah, I, uh, no fan of that kind of weather, but definitely a fan of the College World Series. I hope you get out there someday and just go. The problem is the way it's scheduled, it's tough to stayed the entire time. That's right. It's
0: it's, it's not a quick trip out. It's a a long, long haul if your team's able to win a couple games.
2: Yeah, good thing. Good thing that it's you, not me. I I (laughs) probably wouldn't make it. (laughs) Greg Barnes, thank you. You've been listening to the Inside Carolina podcast. We'll talk to you again soon.
0: Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go
1: for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.